A military soldier sucker punches me in the face after I get into a minor fender bender with his car. And after he drives off and nearly runs me over with his car, I decide to pursue criminal charges, forcing him to be kicked out of the United States military while also requiring him to pay me tens of thousands of dollars. Here's what happened. So I was working as a civilian for the United States military overseas, and I lived off base in an apartment complex popular among the U.S. military. And one fateful morning, I accidentally hit another soldier's vehicle. Upon exiting the vehicle, I noticed that both of our vehicles were what you would call a hoop tie. A hoop tie is an old car that is pretty beat up that has been passed around from service to service member, and they generally sell for about $2,000. I also recognized that I was at fault for the accident, and honestly, it was a very minor accident. His rear bumper was dented in slightly, and I could hear that both of our cars were still running. I approached the driver who had already gotten out, and he was in uniform, and I apologized, and said if it was alright with him, I'd like to negotiate a payment that I will pay him in cash, and we don't have to involve any of the authorities. I wanted to keep this as simple as possible. I'll be honest, the accident was so minor, I honestly expected him to say, nah, it's all good. But even if he wanted some money, I'd be willing to pay him. I have always been of the opinion, if you have a fender bender and can negotiate agreeable terms between both the parties, it's best not to involve insurance or the police. But this guy told me he wanted to call the police. I said we could call the police or we could go on base together and I could give him 300 bucks for any of the damages. But he said that wasn't enough. So I upped the offer to $500. And then he did something so unbelievable that I honestly didn't expect it. He proceeded to punch me in the face. It was a complete sucker punch and I was so caught off guard. He then got into his car and took off and in the process nearly ran me over. Now I had a black box in my car which recorded everything. I went to the marshal office on the base which is basically the police station and I reported the accident and the assault and showed the military police the footage and then they used the license plate to track him down. At this point I was also asked if I wanted to involve the local authorities and press criminal charges off base. Honestly I felt like the soldier would learn his lesson if I let the UMCJ which is basically the military court completely handle this and I decided to say not at this time. Now the end result of the incident was that the soldier got 60 days of extra duty. He got a reduction in rank and forfeited a portion of his paycheck. And well essentially if he just dealt with that this would have been the end of the whole ordeal. And honestly at this point I assumed our little ordeal was over. But boy have I never been more wrong. A few days after his punishment was decided on which was not long after the incident itself I was in the grocery store on base shopping when the soldier who attacked me saw me and began to insult me. I told him he needed to calm down and that he should just learn his lesson. But he told me that I was a coward who didn't know how to take a good punch. But I reminded him that I held back on destroying his life and he just told me that he's already been punished and I can't touch him again. Eventually, he just left me be. Now, a store employee witnessed the entire encounter and I got the employee's detail and reported this interaction to his command. His commander told me he had been ordered to not interact with me and now that he has, action would be taken. His commander also recommended that I involve the local authorities since this soldier obviously isn't learning his lesson. So I did just that. I contacted an attorney and the attorney at first was unsure if we would be successful in suing the soldier and I just said he would need a cash payment to take the case. Honestly, I was mad and I wanted to teach this guy a lesson. So eventually I agreed to pursue this and honestly, it was not cheap. Now to keep this story relatively short, we ended up in a court off base. 
case. We presented our evidence. The soldier in question had decided to represent himself. Several times in the court, he had outbursts. And eventually, the judge ended up granting me a judgment of approximately 50,000 US dollars. When the judgment was given, the soldier called the judge an awful name and that the army would cover him for everything. So the judge decided his judgment was going to be $80,000, with the judge then asking me if I also wanted to press charges against this soldier, all in criminal court. I mean, honestly, it was obvious this guy wasn't going to learn a lesson. So I told the judge I wanted to pursue criminal charges in addition to his judgment. My lawyer later advised me that if I ever wanted to see the money, I should pursue an international hold. And with this judgment, it's likely that a judge would grant this to me. Basically, an international hold is where this soldier would not be allowed to leave the country until I was paid my $80,000. Also, he told me that according to the agreement between the U.S. military and the host country, the U.S. military would honor the international hold. So basically, the military would not protect him or move him out of the country to avoid punishment. And honestly, by this point, I had paid my lawyer thousands of dollars, and I honestly didn't feel like paying thousands of dollars and getting nothing for it. So I said yes, I want to move forward with the international hold. About a month later, the hold was granted, and the U.S. military was informed of this. Two months after the criminal case was over, the soldier was sentenced to 90 days in jail. Now, by this point, the soldier had been moved onto the base into his barracks by his commander. I remember the day I was informed. The military police handed him over to the local authorities to begin his 90-day jail sentence. Now, did I mention he still owed me $80,000? Now, I heard nothing for a year, and then one day I got a call from his commander. His commander wants me to make a statement in regards to the case. So, I go in and I make the statement. During the statement, I find out the U.S. military was in the process of chaptering the soldier out of the U.S. military. The commander also informed me that he was close to coming up with the money to pay me so he could have the international hold lifted. The commander also asked me if my lawyer would be willing to make a statement. I contacted my lawyer, who has also made a statement about the facts of the case. A few weeks later, his ex-wife contacted me, and when this all started, I knew he was married, so I guess his wife decided to divorce him. She informed me that her ex-husband had the money and needed the details on how to pay me. I provided her the details, and a few days later, I got paid. I then told him that the money came through. She then asked me to send a receipt so he could have the international hold lifted and return to the United States. I asked her how he got the money, and she said he maxed out his credit card and also had family help him out. Also, during the conversation, I had found out the army had chartered him out of the military. I sent her the receipt, and that was the last I ever heard from his side. Now, at this point, I'm still overseas, and that guy is back in the United States. He most likely has a criminal record, which means he wouldn't even be allowed past immigration. Plus, since then, I've taken a new job, and I've definitely moved. And honestly, hopefully this guy learned his lesson that you can't just sucker punch someone and try and get away with it. Wow, that guy crossed the line. He literally punched you over a fender bender. I mean, I've heard of road rage before, but that is honestly so extreme. There's no reason to get in a fight over that. This very easily could have been fixed. It didn't need to escalate to this kind of violence. Like, seriously, that's not okay. And then he has the audacity to not only break his orders, but also insult you inside of the store. Like, come on, this guy is so childish. He should have just taken his punishment and moved on with his life. Like, seriously, he made this a bigger deal than it needed to be. So really, I don't blame you for taking the steps you needed to take. This guy was so far out of line. There was no reason for him to attack you like that, and the fact that he was making this worse for himself is literally his own fault. You tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. You tried to be the nice guy and not pursue criminal charges. But this guy seriously 
seriously didn't want to learn his lesson, and he has nobody else to blame except for himself. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also, go to amithejerk.com slash submit if you would like to submit your own stories. Am I the Jerk for firing my brother from my business after he proposed to his girlfriend at my wedding? Here's what happened. So, for a bit of background, I own a plumbing company and hired my brother three years ago. He was jobless after the pandemic, and I offered for him to come work for me. He was 22 years old at the time and is now looking to become a master plumber and start his own business. At my wedding, in which he was my best man, he decided that during his speech, he would give all of us a big surprise and decided to propose to his longtime girlfriend. My wife and I were appalled. We both felt like he stole the shine from our day. Everyone else in our families were so excited and kept taking pictures with her and looking at the ring, etc. So I decided to fire him the next day. He still doesn't understand why, and he claims that I'm being selfish and irrational, and our parents somehow agree. They're saying that business should be separate from our personal lives, but I just can't overlook what he did and how he ruined our day. Am I overthinking this? For clarification, he will be getting severance. He is still my brother, and I wouldn't let him lose his home over this. But as a small business, I can't imagine seeing him every day at work, especially not now at least. Fast forward, and I did reach out to him and had plans to later speak to him in person. So we will see where that goes. But in the meantime, am I the jerk for firing my brother after he proposed at my wedding? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Honestly, I can kind of see both sides of this, but in my opinion, I don't think you're the jerk. Your stupid brother really thought it would be okay to propose to his girlfriend in the middle of your wedding? Like, are you kidding me right now? That is so inappropriate. Like, seriously, what is wrong with him? That is not okay. I know if I was in your shoes, I would be utterly furious if he did that to me. And there is no way I would take that sitting down. There's no way in the world. And I don't blame you. How could you look at him every day at work and try and go back to some normality? And the fact that your parents are not seeing why this is such a toxic thing to do is honestly baffling to me. How can they seriously be okay with this when you literally were in the middle of being married and he is intentionally trying to steal your spotlight? This is not you being selfish. This is literally your day and you had every right to celebrate your future marriage. So no, you're not the jerk in this situation. I completely understand where you're coming from and I don't blame you for not 
not wanting to deal with him at your work. But the moral of this story is seriously, don't propose at another person's wedding. It's lame, it's tacky, and it's honestly incredibly disrespectful. My entitled supervisor demands that I no longer take any more overtime to fix or work on anything while at work. So I maliciously comply. And as a result, three separate machines that are crucial to our job shut down entirely, causing thousands of dollars in lost profit, as well as many headaches on the side of management. Here's what happened. Years ago, I used to work for a plastic injection company in my hometown. It wasn't a huge company, but they had two plants in my state, as well as two in two other states, and one in the United Kingdom and one in Germany. So this company really wasn't that small. It was a 24-hour production facility, which means the machines run 24-7, except from December 23rd to January 2nd. I was one of the two delivery drivers who moved finished products from the plant to a nearby warehouse and brought raw materials and packaging supplies back to the plant. On a good day, I'd get four to five back-and-forth trips done in a 12-hour day. On my last run back to the warehouse, I'd always go around to the floor people and make sure they had what they needed just to make it through the night. The driver was the only floor position that wasn't 24 hours, and I also wanted to make sure that nothing would shut down. Well, sometimes they would forget something, and after my last run, I'd always have to go back. I wasn't complaining. I would get an hour or two of overtime every few shifts, so everything ran fine. But one day, my supervisor pulls me aside and says, I need to stop taking overtime. Now, I explain why I'm taking overtime, but he doesn't care. No more overtime ever. So I say, okay, and we just go about our day. Near the end of my shift, I'm about 15 minutes shy of being able to clock out, and I'm just finishing up packing up my truck to do the next morning run. And that's right when one of the floor people comes over and tells me he forgot something. I say to him, sorry, no can do. I'm not allowed any more overtime to go and pick up the material. Now, apparently, if I didn't do it, three machines would shut down overnight. Now, if any of you have worked in plastic injection, you know these machines get so hot, they melt the plastic being injected. If they have no material flowing in them, they have to get shut down or they will get too hot. It can take hours for them to cool down and they have to be started from a cold state when you go to reboot them. So if it runs out of material, production has to stop, the machine has to take about 10 to 12 hours to cool down, and then it has to heat back up. Now, this is all very unfortunate, but I've got to follow my orders. So I clock out and I go home. The next morning rolls around and I am called into the plant supervisor's office. And this guy is my supervisor's supervisor's boss and is one of the owners of the entire company. He is shaking mad because just as my coworker predicted, three machines shut down overnight and were going to be out of commission until nearly 2 p.m. that afternoon. He was going to fire me on the spot, but gave me a chance to explain myself. When I told him what I used to do and what my supervisor had told me to do, he let out a big sigh and told me to go back to the floor and that if I need to take overtime just to keep the machine from going offline, I should just do it from now on. Now, shortly after that, my main supervisor was called into his office. Now, unfortunately, he is the son of one of the other owners, so they didn't fire him. But after that, I never got yelled at about taking overtime ever again. Wow, that supervisor was really dumb. If he had any sense about him, he would have been like, yes, please take the overtime. Please make sure that we're still running and we can still do our jobs. Like this guy honestly did not know what he was doing. He probably thought you were trying to work the system and he was catching you in the act or something like that. When in reality, you're probably one of the main players that keeps that place running in the first place. And boy, did he learn that really quickly as well. And while it is kind of disappointing that this guy didn't get fired, and honestly, in this situation, nepotism really sucks, it is really nice that you never got bothered ever again because your supervisor was a complete moron. And now you get to enjoy the fruits of having overtime basically when 
whenever you want. Am I the jerk for turning down a bridesmaid that I was assigned to at a wedding after she was determined to hook up with me at the end of the night? Here's what happened. One of my good friends from college was getting married. We'll call him Tom. That's not his real name. And we will call his wife Liz, also not her real name. And my friend asked me to be one of his groomsmen. I was honored because I hadn't seen him in a while since I live across the country. When I arrived to his city, I was assigned a bridesmaid. We'll call her Kelly. Now, Kelly is a lovely woman. However, I think we were only assigned to each other because we are both black. Liz starts telling me that we are both single and perfect for each other, but there was nothing to indicate that at all besides us both just being black. I should also add that Liz had a lot more bridesmaids than Tom had his groomsmen. The first night, the entire wedding party went out and it became clear that Kelly wanted to hook up. I was not into her at all, so I kindly turned her down. She then starts interrogating me as to why. I try to give a generic answer, but she starts listing off all of the reasons why we would be so perfect for each other. I end up saying that I don't do the whole short-term type of thing, and as we both live in completely different states, there is no future here. She ends up cooling off, but then tells me that she respects me more for that, and that I am a stand-up guy, and the type of guy that she is looking for. During the rest of the time we were there, one of the other unmatched brides, we'll call her Jen, starts messaging me privately, and we headed off. The next day, the wedding ceremony goes well, we have the reception, and me and Kelly do our entrance together, and then we dance together for a little bit. After a bit, I go to the bar, and Jen and I start to dance. At this point, Kelly is giving me dirty looks, but I just ignore it and continue to have a good time. All is going well, until when I am at the bar, Kelly and Liz confront me and start saying that me dancing with Jen is inappropriate. They start saying she is too young for me, and that it looks really creepy. For reference, I'm 32 years old, and she is 24, about to turn 25. So I say to them, oh, it's okay. Me and Jen are just like friends. Liz, at this point, is angry with me, and starts saying that Jen is in college. She's going for her master's degree, and that this is her wedding, and she doesn't want to see that. Then, Kelly starts to say that I must have a thing for white women. At this point, I realize that there is no logical argument that I can make. I tell Kelly and Liz that I really enjoyed the wedding, but I need to go to bed early for my flight the next day. So I leave and I go to my hotel. 15 minutes later, Jen leaves early. And five minutes after Jen came up, we both get kicked out of the wedding party chat. I later found out from Tom that Kelly was crying her eyes out and that I messed up the night for Liz as well. He told me that he isn't mad at me because he told Liz from the start that Kelly isn't going to be my type. But instead, Liz really wanted to set Kelly up. At this point, I feel terrible that I made it so Liz was not able to enjoy her special night. But when it comes to Kelly, I just wish that she would understand that no means no. First and foremost, this is honestly ridiculously crazy. They only matched you with Kelly because of your skin color. That is honestly really weird to me. And that's so disrespectful. And it was all under the guise of saying, okay, let's just try and match you up with somebody. I'm going to be matchmaker and get Kelly a date. Like seriously, what are you doing? This is like some next level crazy. The original poster made it very clear. I'm not interested in hooking up with Kelly at the short term. I don't want to get with her. And honestly, this is really weird. And also they can't tell the original poster who he can and cannot dance with. He had every right to dance with that lady. There was nothing wrong with it. And honestly, them trying to be like, wow, you're really weird. You have a thing for white women. Like, what are you talking about? They were having fun and they were just enjoying themselves. It's not like the original poster's married to Kelly. He doesn't even like her. So seriously, I don't think you're the jerk in this situation. But instead, I think the wife is incredibly messed up and also a massive jerk for trying to set you up. My mom calls me constantly throughout the day, forcing me to stay on the phone with her for over five hours at a time, all because she's grieving the loss of a family member. And at this point, I seriously 
honestly don't know what to do. So this past week, my mom lost her father. Although I can't begin to understand what she is feeling, I did lose my dad when I was 18. With that being said, since he passed away, my mom has been calling me 10 plus times a day, and I often spend three to five hours on the phone talking to her about my dad and her missing him. Last night, she said I sounded rude, and I finally snapped. I said to her, not to be rude, but you have called me 16 times today, and I have spent five hours on the phone with you today, and I just don't know what to say anymore. It wasn't right, but I had spent so much time on the phone, or just waiting for the phone to ring again, that I was just so done. She yelled at me and said that I need to be there for a family member in crisis, and that she would support me and stay on the phone with me all day if I needed it, while also saying that it hurts that I won't do the same for her. This morning, she even doubled down and keeps texting me about how I need to learn kindness and how I should support her while she is in crisis, and I honestly just don't have it in me. I can't support someone who is demanding all my time. I have a life too, and she just doesn't care. Like, she even makes those snarky comments, saying stuff like, I'm sorry my pain and hurt is cutting into your time, but it's like I'm in school or at work. I feel like I'm a horrible person for feeling this way, but it is just too much on me mentally. How do I set boundaries with her, and how do I make her listen? Am I being unreasonable, or does this seem like way too much? What should I do? I do not think you're being unreasonable at all. Your mom is not only guilt-tripping you into staying on the phone for, what, three to five hours at a time, but she's also calling you obnoxiously and treating you like her therapist, which honestly, it kind of sounds like she needs one of those. I mean, I understand that she's grieving, but the way she's going about trying to figure that grief out is really invading your life. So personally, I think it's time to start setting boundaries. Tell her that no, you're not going to answer the drop of a hat, and she can't call you multiple times throughout the day. Maybe set up like a window from like 5 to 6 o'clock at night where she can talk to you and have some kind of conversation. Because what she's doing right now is really invasive and really weird. I mean, she's calling more than 10 times a day and spending hours on the phone. I don't know about you, but I got stuff to do during the day. And I can't just spend that on the phone trying to console my mother, who is clearly inconsolable. I mean, I'm surprised you even put up with this for as long as you did. So hopefully, some kind of boundary can be set up between you and your mom. Because right now, she's being really weird. And that's not fair for you or your life in the slightest. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, check out the playlist at the top of the description. And if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, check out Am I the Genius. Everything will be linked in the description.